0: Oh, what a feeling, peel me up the ceiling <coughs> Excuse my stagged your throat from the weekend Yes, it's happened, it's finally happened We are providing an Almond View podcast after a Livingston win Welcome to another edition of the Almond View podcast With myself, Jake Pointer, my co-host Liam Innes Hello there And full house of built-in panellists Owen Innes, Thomas Froe and Mr Stephen Bovey Hello there.
1: This week we'll have a look back at the last week of news at West Lothian's Premier Football Club we'll talk all things Livingston ladies with our resident ladies man Thomas and finally we'll talk all things loans as we look back at some of our favourite loan stars of the past
0: If that was a compilation album it would be called Now That's What We Call Content Get relaxed It's time for you to enjoy all things Livingston FC with us here at the Almond View podcast.
1: This week on West Lothian Radio News. Man eats 10 cream eggs in one sitting and you won't believe what happened next. Local Duck quacks the case on missing Nightridge Gnome. And finally, local Muriston community rejects self-service checkouts at their local co-op. That one's genuinely true and it infuriates me. Mental. But first, we're going to talk all things Livingston FC with our expert West Lothian Radio Sports Sound panellist. The main story this week, Livingston edged Premiership opponent St Myrne in the last 16 tie of the League Cup courtesy Of a 3-2 penalty shootout win after a 1-1 draw after 120 minutes of footballing action. An excellent goal from Alan Forrest put Livy ahead before McCarthy of St Mirren equalised. But Max Strijek was the hero after being last week's villain. Povey, was there anything or anyone that stood out to you during that game?
2: The obvious standout players for me were... Of course, Maxi Boy and goals redemption from the previous week. Absolutely outstanding performance at penalty shootout. Just what a savior! He's actually class at saving penalties, as we saw against Wraith as well. So, but not only that, he actually had a pretty solid game. I thought, and stand another standout performer was Mister. Eh, player of the season for i view podcast last season Craig Sibbild what a performance again uh, he's actually and I think other folk are starting to notice what I've known since he first came to the club just saying but I've always always thought he should be at our st- in, in the starting 11 every week and now folk are finally seeing how classy he is uh, some outrageous moves movement creating so much. Uh, I think it, just the position he was playing in suits him much better rather than chucking him out wide, which we've done in the past. Or I don't know, that that was the perfect position for him. So that's, for me, Craig Sebald and Max.
1: Love that. Cannot argue with it. In particular, Max Strijek. Not only was he the penalty hero, but he made two saves, I think, in the first half or maybe one in each half, that was just brilliant. The, I think it was Greg Kilty who was one-on-one. All he had to do was slip it underneath him. Fair play, I don't know if it was more because he had it straight at Max, but Max had to be there, he made the save.
2: I came out, he came out for that, and uh, yeah. I think that was it. It's just like, you know, given the confidence uh, that could have been knocked out his system from the uh, previous week, um, I think, yeah, he totally stepped up.
1: No, definitely. Uh, there was another, well, not a redemption, but a return to first-team action for the first time in, I think, 18 months. Keegan, Jacob's return, Jake. How much of a boost will that be to the squad, do you
0: reckon? I think that's massive. I think it's absolutely massive. <clears throat> in a season like this, when we've got a lot of new people, a lot of new faces in the door, a lot of younger guys who are going to need... Th- you know, a bit of guidance. Obviously we've got Marv as assistant manager, but on you know, even more so on the pitch. Someone who's so as versatile as him who can play anywhere. Also, that's us got a right footed player that can cross a ball <laughs> in the box. Way <laughs> <Hey. laughs> especially with um Povey's boyfriend leaving. Um we, you know Keegan Jacobs is is great for that. Having you know having him and Sibalt on on set pieces is, is gonna be brilliant. Uh, also a guy who can you know can actually score from set pieces as well which is something we've not we definitely wouldn't have without again with our man Josh away Um, brilliant so good to see him back Um, yeah I think he's exactly what we need Uh, I hope he yeah I kind of think I think I'd like to put him see him you know, actually hitting the starting 11 instead of just off the bench. Obviously, it's early days because he's been out for a while, but I think he'd make a big difference in the centre midfield, especially someone who particularly could maybe even come a little bit deeper. Sometimes feel we do have quite a bit of space between our centre backs and the midfield and there's a lot of, you know, we can get punched there uh, a wee bit. So someone that maybe drop a little bit deeper can start from there, that'd be great. But, you know, happy days.
1: One thing I was possibly worried about with him returning was because he's been out for so long, will he be shiting out challenges, will he because that's what he's that's what he's the best at. He's the best he at is. winning the ball back and yeah. But oh my God, within like five minutes he just flew into a challenge and got booked and you're like <laughs> He's back, baby. I love you man. I love you
2: <laughs>
1: no, honestly absolutely amazing to see Keegan Jacobs back. eh uh, one Negative that we'll maybe sort of look at. Owen Livingston's strength a couple of years back was built on our defence of set pieces, but we are leaking goals at set plays these days. That offside trap was unbelievable because they tried it twice in one game. What did you think of the offside trap failure and what do you think of our defending from set pieces in
3: general? We've been pretty useless Defending set pieces now for I mean arguably Since uh, since That classic three uh, Are no longer with us, you know, Lithgow And Halkett and Gallagher I um, trying to play Offside against A team that do exactly the same Thing, they'll be practising that Like all the time, you know I, I can't really think of Many times when St Mirren have lost goals to set pieces themselves um, like just just purely from memory but yeah I think our defence is looking better than it looked from open play than it looked at, against Alowa for example um, but with the set pieces and trying to play off side trap and stuff like that that's not how we've operated in the past so I don't know how or why we've kind of gone back to that um, sort of thing, you know. You're you're kind of expecting the certainly the the centre backs to do a whole load better there, and seems to be as well when we're when we're putting a lot of corners. Sorry, when when we're defending corners and stuff like that, we're going back to Gary Bolin era. I don't know if anybody remembers that when we would literally have all eleven of our players in our own box as well. Um, I've never liked that. Yeah, trying to play the offside, is never, never something that I've ever really seen us do. And certainly not for a long time, so I don't know why we're deciding to go back to it. Especially in the dying embers, almost, of, a, you know, of an important cup game that we were really controlling up until that point.
1: Uh, in other news this week, going back to the good stuff, uh, it was another goal for on-loan Levy striker Joel Noble. At Arbroath against St Johnston Thomas Are you excited about the potential of his return Already in January And are you looking forward to seeing him And do you think We maybe made a mistake letting him go Out on loan so early
4: I I don't know Um, I think it's good for players to get minutes And I guess he's kind of guaranteed minutes At Arbroath And he seems to be doing well so far And I think that can only be a good thing. I think it obviously scored against St. Johnstone, got one in the league as well. So is that is that the plan then? Is it coming back in January?
3: All of our loans that we put out are full season loans with the option to recall in January. Okay, so there's the option. So I guess
4: we'll, we'll see how he continues. I'm sure if we're lacking in the goals up front, mm-hmm. um, midway through the season, which you know it looks like we may. To be fair. Uh, then we'll we'll have a look at taking him back if he continues to impress. But I think it's it's good for these guys to get guaranteed game time. I don't think anyone's was gonna start ahead of uh, Bruce Anderson. Um, mm-hmm. who's to be fair, he started alright. He's done a lot of a lot of things correct. And I think the goals will come. But um yeah, you know, it's always good to have more options. And and if he does say the season, hopefully it's successful and he can come in and offer us something else next season. The problem is we've got quite a few of these strikers now that, you know, we keep wishing for the future, we've got Hamilton as well obviously, who hopefully will stay this season Bruce Anderson who we did a deal for, so it's players that will want to be around the club and will want to be playing games now if he comes back in January or next season comes back and the game time isn't there I'm just worried that we just see another you know, kind of perpetual loan cycle as we've seen with some of these boys that we've brought in, but you know, if he's good enough I'm sure he'll he'll make it
1: Another bit of good news this week was that Nicky Devlin signed a contract extension, keeping him here until 2023. Pove, what do you think of that bit of business from the club? It's the sort of thing that we wouldn't have been able to do a few years ago. We never really had many players willing to stay long-term. So what do you think of that bit of business from the club?
2: Yeah, it's amazing. He's, uh, I mean, L captain as well, you know, so... Uh, I was I was a bit worried, obviously, as he, he came up with John Guthrie and when John Guthrie left in the summer you kinda thought, oh I wonder if uh, that'll be the start of those boys going. But no, Devlin, I I feel like he's got an attachment to the club as well. I love him The bits. Me and Ohm gave him a wee wave at the when we were outside the stadium bar on Saturday. Uh, yoohoo. Um, so, and you know what? I reckon he just signed the deal because he was the last one at the stadium, and uh, no wonder he was giving us a big happy wave. But really, I mean, given Liam, I know you in the past have said, like, oh, you should be getting a shout for Scotland. Like, I'm not saying he's that level, but he's certainly is he, he is up there by one of the best right backs in the league, in my opinion, when he's on his day. Mm. and Aye, it's not. It's absolutely brilliant. We've got him. We, uh, he's he's uh, he's excellent. Despite one talking about how he can't he finish a, a, a deliver a ball or whatever, but yeah, he's amazing.
1: It's good news all round. Uh, and finally, it was announced by the club earlier today, which is the seventeenth of August day of recording, that on Saturday's game against Motherwell there will be a minute's applause on the thirty fourth minute for Livingston supporter Stephen Carey who unfortunately passed away earlier in the summer. The ladies team will also have a minute's applause prior to their kick-off against Gart Cairn on Sunday at home. This is an excellent way to remember a very loyal Livingston supporter and an all-round great guy that always had a smile on his face. So, if you're at either of the games make sure that you get involved and give Stephen
0: the tribute that he deserves. Loans. It sounds like a dirty word. You assume debt. You assume heartbreak. You assume the beginning of the end. With David Martindale going loan mad recently with sending more Livingston players out on loan than Chelsea, we thought, why don't we chat about some of those loan players we absolutely fell in love with that ended up leaving us broken hearted at the end of their spell. They are the best and worst in one player. Liam, who was your favourite loan star to Don, the famous amber, black, yellow, white and orange of Livingston?
1: So I have went for Callum Elliott, who joined us Ooh. on loan in season 2008-2009. Now, not the most glamorous player. I'll, I'll hold my hand up and say, again, it was a bit of a Kenny Duker situation. As soon as he was announced as a loan signing, I thought, this guy is going to be pish, because he played about (laughs) 60 games for Hearts at that point and scored like two goals. However, oh my God, his record for Livingston was unbelievable. He scored 11 league goals in 13 league games. That, for a Livingston player, is unbelievable. His strike partner that season was Lee Griffiths. If we had held on to Callum Elliott for that whole season, I think he went... Came to us in September maybe, left in the January to go back to Hearts and again done absolutely nothing when he (laughs) went back to Hearts. But if we'd kept hold of him, I reckon we probably would have been challenging a wee bit more for the league, although that is the season that we had. The Italians, players were getting paid. We spoke about that so many times. (laughs) However, there was one goal in particular that I remember from Callum Elliott, and it was a goal against Greenock Morton oh my word the strike of this ball was unbelievable it was one of those that it fell to him at the edge of the box he chested it down hit it on the volley on the 18 yard line boom top bin won the game 1-0 that set us up to finish fucking 7th in the league that season unbelievable however uh, one other great thing about Callum Elliott that I am completely here for is that I think four or five years later he announced, or the club announced, that we were signing him on a pre-contract. He went on BBC Alba, he was playing for Alowa at the time, he went on BBC Alba, who I think Aloha were in the playoffs So they'd done this big interview with Callum Elliott because he was their saviour and he was like, oh I can't wait to join Livingston next season. He then signed for Wraith Rovers <laughs> instead of Livingston <laughs> despite say, despite having this pre-contract agreement and fair play, he was utter pish for Wraith Rovers so he dodged a bullet with Callum Elliott there, but I am absolutely there for that sort of patter <laughs> absolutely love it I think he ended up retiring when he was like 30, which is a shame because of injuries Uh, So yeah, Callum Elliott is my one of my favourite loan stars ever although an honourable mention to none other than Rolando Zarate who joined us on loan from some Argentinian team but he was the first player I remember being on loan because that was my first season of really going to the games and I couldn't understand that we weren't going to have this player forever so honourable mention for him but Callum Elliott I love you I'm here for your fucking snake patter
0: and I booed the fuck out you when you came to Atmanville. <laughs> it's funny you mention Zarate. I remember when he like for, when he came to the club, and you know there was a, I, I remember like speaking to my dad about it, and I was just like, "How are we going to replace Fernandes at all?" And then you know we had this sexy Argentinian guy that was going to come in, and he was going to be our savior, and it wasn't really. <laughs> He was pretty good. He was all right, you know, but still. He
1: played for Argentina, though. I know. He had a, I think he'd, he'd already played for Argentina. He played for. He went on loan to Real Madrid. Yeah, I, remember, I was going to say. for yeah. Real Madrid. Yeah,
0: like, mental. We had mental. this
1: guy, and oh my God, like, uh, but I think it was. We asked Barry Wilson about him, maybe, and he was just like, fucking. <laughs> no idea about anything about him yeah, when you wouldn't say a word he would sometimes turn up he would sometimes not but when he was good he was good but nah aye, Rolando's right he he was the first one that came to mind but I thought Callum Elliott's a bit more left field
0: yeah no I like that a lot Povey who was your favourite lone player that was at the club
2: well I'm going to go to the season where we finished third in the league 2001-2 uh, best season the club's ever had and one of our most important players that season, but doesn't get the credit he deserves was our goalkeeper for a fair whack of that season, Nicky Culkin, who we got on loan from Manchester United. I feel yeah. Broto gets all the credit. We've <laughs> we've obviously heard from all our previous um, uh, guests and uh, how many times has Brottle made the made the five side team and all that. But do we ever hear of Kalkin? Not really. No, I'm <sighs> sorry. But he played he played about twenty-one games. Uh big games he played in as well. He he was in goals when we um when we beat Kilmarnock five one at Rugby Park, when we beat Aberdeen 3-0 at Pataudry. So there's a clean sheet. He uh he played two out of the four games that we won against Hearts that season. Um one uh, one was a clean sheet 2-0. He uh, I think he got six clean sheets overall. I think I counted. Um sorry but you can't be a goalkeeper for that much of a season without being brilliant and I really do feel like he doesn't get the credit he deserves. I know there was maybe a couple of mistakes um from memory and,
0: Aye, what was the stinky one? There was a really there was a legs, stinker. Yeah, I think it was Dunfermline, was it? Um, and yeah, it was like that proper was that, through legs, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, Trying it went through his one. legs. Oh, that yeah. was a stinker. But um, come on, I mean, the guy was in nets for twenty odd games that season, and he was yeah. Uh, yeah. What what a team! What a part of that amazing team. So now a big fan of Nicky Culkin Did he play more games that year than Bro?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking mad, yeah. and no one, none of the people that we spoke to ever mentioned
0: nah. <laughs> It's Such a shame. I see Man United as well. It was like a proper, like massive move. I remember the time there was a rumor that we were like linked to Man United, and Man United had loads of like wee teams, and that's how we got them, which is pretty cool.
2: I'd like to give one honorable mention, just uh, a lone player we had in recent years, and that's Jordan Thompson who didn't play a heck of a lot of games, but again, he, 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 we got one in the January, and that's when we really, um, we re, re, that part of the season really kick-started us, and we uh, obviously got through that playoff um with him as a big part of it. So, big shout-out to Jordan Thompson from me.
0: Thomas, we we'll over to you. Uh, tell us your favourite Livy Loney.
4: So I'm gonna I'm gonna set the scene here and say that this is maybe the day that changed Livingston's fortunes in the long in, in recent history. So it's the 18th of January. No, sorry, the 19th of January, 2018. David Hopkin has just got on the blower to Callum Carson and says, "We've made the signing that's going to change our season," and that's a quote from Callum Carson. If you'll remember to uh, last year on the podcast. Yes. So on that day, three signings. One, Lee Miller. Excellent. Another one, Jack McMillan. Another good signing. But joining us on loan from Rangers, Mr. Ryan Hardy. And Hardy and Miller were such a big part of our push for promotion that year. Um... The two of them, the, the way that they linked up, the goals that they scored, the way that we played with them in the team, I just thought they were brilliant. I think it, it just, I don't think we would be where we are now without Hardy signing for us at that point because I don't see anyone else that could do what he did in that week. Um, yeah, especially working so well with Miller, but yeah, uh, obviously went on to have. A fairly successful spell. I think it was eight goals in sixteen games, I think, which is, you know, a pretty good return for a striker at Livingston. Um obviously got injured before the playoff final. and uh, was it, when did he get it was before the playoffs overall, wasn't it? He didn't, yeah, he missed the playoffs yeah.
1: completely. He came off um against Dundee United in the last league game of the season. Mm-hmm. And hobbled off. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm just full of stats because I've got my phone in my hand. Uh, his goal record for Levy is actually quite remarkable: thirty-seven games, fifteen goals. I mean, that's essentially well, it's like oh, it was over two half seasons, but you know, yeah, equivalent like, of a full season. That's I mean, a striker getting fifteen goals is class.
4: And and a lot yeah. of that's in the Premiership as well. A lot of those games were in the Premiership, yeah. so you know that showed, you know the quality that he had. I think we all kind of wish he'd maybe done or been able to do a bit more in the Premiership yeah. for us. But he was a massive part of us even getting there. So no complaints overall. And it seems like he's really kicked on as well since he's gone down south. Uh He's at Peterborough now and he seems to be scoring for fun. Yeah. Um See it all over Twitter and stuff. So yeah, Ryan Hardy. Excellent signing
0: No I absolutely agree with you Thomas I almost feel a little bit that it just positionally wasn't quite right for Livy in that season Just playing up on his own Don't think he was quite ready for oh, just the amount of him to hold the ball up for the rest of them. I think he did struggle quite a mm-hmm. bit uh, But yeah no I totally agree I thought he was out the great loanie So before Owen's got his own kind of little special feature <laughs> at the end of this so, I'll just tell you about my very quick i E. I'm not going to lie to you folks, mine is incredibly boring, uh, but I just feel like you can't leave him out. David Fernandez, Loney in 2003, came from Celtic. What a difference it made. How happy if people listening, people on this podcast, being when, when he walked on that pitch for the first, time, the first time, as we thought he would never come back again because we assumed great things. What feeling. Such a good guy to have back. One of the best passes we've ever seen, a cup final as well. Obviously a general good guy. We know we we literally talk about him every five minutes on this to show and this one and that will not stop <laughs> until the end of time, until he comes back on for part two. I don't know or we go over to Spain for a bevy with him, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> it's not happening. We'll just pretend that. Anyway, so move on very quickly from that. We talk about Fernandez every second. Right, Owen, over to you, who I think you're gonna kind of Tell us about players who I guarantee 80% of loving support never bloody heard of.
3: <laughs> right, yeah, so despite the fact that we have all of those amazing lone players, I have made a comprehensive list of all the shit lone players, uh, well, certainly from my memory. So uh, I do have two honourable mentions of good players, however. Uh, to kind of go back to that so i think first of all we'll start with patrick towards came on loan from celtic made a total of one appearance and i think it was from the bench he never played for us ever again Stephen boyd i think he plays for Alloa now or something like that 10 appearances zero goals seemed to score absolute rakers on a weekly basis Or whenever it was that he came on for Hamilton, he would score an absolute raker shite for us. Uh, Adam Frizzell, I think Liam mentioned him of course when we did that wee bit about the playoff final. He was on the bench for us, he made five appearances. To be honest, I was quite surprised he even managed to get those five. Maybe a bit of a questionable one was another loan signing from Celtic Rocco Quinn played 15 games for us he was all right but he never can. I think he moved to Ross County after his uh I think he went on loan after us to Ross County and then signed for them permanently and disappeared off the face of the earth one that Liam absolutely hates and mentions him on countless occasions especially during when we're talking about uh, our relegation from the from the championship the goalkeeper mark McCallum who played 11 games uh, I thought he was alright but yeah, yeah I think the embarrassment of him coming up and up having to apologise to all of the Levy supporters at Stranraer was, uh, was quite a highlight We'll see,
1: fair play to him for doing that and he wasn't actually that bad of a keeper but no, nah, he was, he was
3: <laughs> He's very highly rated at Forfer He's <laughs> found his fucking level <laughs> Um, then of course now for one again that hardly anybody will remember but I remember this guy because he scored like possibly one of the best free kicks I've ever seen in person versus Clyde came on loan from Inverness Cali Thistle Stuart Golabek a left back who just I I, I remember that free kick I don't think there's even highlights of that free kick anymore online What it was fucking fantastic uh, then we're going back a wee bit further. Jamie Mole, who played twelve times for us, a striker unknown from Hearts. Shite. Another striker who I think we've, we've talked a couple of times about before. Sam Morrow, uh, <laughs> eleven appearances. Scored three goals though. He didn't manage to get three goals in that. Go- was that was in the uh, uh, that was Paul Lambert's era, wasn't it? We got we got him when we gave Hibbs...
1: Pulled,
2: pulled out. Up. Sh- yeah. um, Both
3: just so.
1: as shite as each other, but oh, my, I hated...
2: Sam <laughs> Moro, Moro. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Very true, Povey. Uh, then, uh, coming into more recent times, two players that we signed round about the same time, first season back in the Premiership. Egli Kadja, or the Eagle, uh, who played six games, is now at Northampton. Uh, yeah... With Oh, that'll be with um, Guthrie. Uh, so he's playing as a winger over there. Uh, of course, James Brown, who signed on loan from Millwall, who played with uh, eventual League Cup shagging, Cup winning pricks from last season, St Johnston. I think he's actually now there permanently, if I remember rightly. Uh, so yeah, that's my kind of wee comprehensive I did also have Sam Stanton and Charlie Telfer on there But I mean, they were good players But playing in a really, really, really shit team um, Both of them actually scored some quite good goals Especially Sam Stanton I thought he was actually kind of the real deal Stanton was good
1: Telfer was horrendous He, he, never, he never scored Because um, I remember being really buzzing about Charlie Telfer and he done nothing but
3: I do want to give my two honourable mentions probably uh, one of them was a kind of Marmite player when he first came to us uh, would be Liam Kelly uh, especially in that first division season or the League One season uh, people's, and then when he came back he was He's not good enough he was rubbish when he was with us before he was in a League One winning side so get it up yeah. and what's he done since then I mean he's become one of the best Young Scottish goalkeepers Uh, Definitely a a keeper for the future And I think he's definitely going to be A Scotland international Very very soon But another international player Who became an international player Whilst playing for Livingston Kieran fucking Brown I think I'll give you that And leave it there
0: the Livingston women's team are batting away everything in their path in the minute and it's absolutely outstanding to see a Livingston team that actually wins. Who'd have thought it? This week, the Lionesses swatted aside Senhouse Muir 6-2 with goals coming from Jen Dodds, Stacey Calder, Gemma Mason, Shannon Mulligan and a brace from a trialist. That A eh, trialist would have played for everyone, eh? <laughs> anyway. Thomas. The trialist was later revealed to be Ashley Fish, who has now signed up for Livingston Women's side. What will she bring to them?
4: Yeah, so not not a bad way to uh, to come into the team and play your trial. A eh? couple of goals. It was, um, I think, she only played about eighteen minutes or something like that as well, and, and ended up with a brace. So it came on the end just to really cement it. But no, she uh, she took her two goals really really well. I mean, a lot of the credit needs to go to the, the, for the to the passes, and um, I realised it's Kind of not been. There's no videos or anything of them, but the two balls for, for Ashley's two goals were absolutely outstanding um, to get behind the defence, but also well taken finishes. I think that's something that maybe Livy missed on uh, on Sunday, which is someone who was taking those chances. You know, just thinking one over the keeper when the keepers coming to no man's land. So, you know, it's always good to have plenty of people in your team that are going to score goals. And I think Ashley will really bring that this season.
0: Nice. Where did, where did Ashley um, come from? Is she had another team? Or...
4: I'm not 100% sure. Uh, the Courier reported, Carson reco- reported in the Courier that she'd played at a good level mm-hmm. before. And then it kind of stepped away to start a family. And this is her coming back. And I think there got right. a couple of teams uh, after her. So, okay. You know, right. Always good to see people back into the game.
0: So it was. It's been nine goals already in two games. Is this just the beginning? You know, are the team gelling quite nicely.
4: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it was a pretty tough game on uh, Sunday. To be honest, a lot tougher than the scoreline sounds. Like the uh, the pitch was a bit of a leveler. I've never seen a worse 3G park. Honestly, that oh, really? the ball stuck. I, and to be honest. Stenhouse-Muir over the last 3, 4, 5 years that I've been going to Blackburn and Al Livingston they've always been a bit of a bogey team for Livy. Um, always tough games one goal either way always physical games yeah. Uh, and yeah they uh, it, it sounds harsh but they almost brought Lovie down at their level for spells of the game they went 1-0 down um, Livy, uh, but then kind of brought it back quickly uh, scored again before being leveled, and then they kind of took the game to them in the second half. I think maybe fitness, fitness levels came in, and, and maybe the team yeah. coming together a little bit more. Uh, some fresh legs onto the park as well in the second half. So, you know, I think I think the team's looking good. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them play on the pitch at Livingston because I think yeah the, the field tough isn't great from the back either. So on Sunday they're playing in the stadium. And that's where they play their best football. They played some good football there pre season against some very, very good teams. So, if that can all come together, they've got a full cool strength squad on Sunday. And I, I I feel for Paul because picking the team is going to be very, very difficult with the way that players have been playing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's looking good.
0: So, you kind of mentioned it a wee bit already, you know, but how do you think the team will set up against Gart Cairn? Uh, do you think there'll be a bit of squad rotation or do you think they'll stick to the team that? Pumped Senoismir.
4: I think it's 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 interesting. Got to are always gonna to prove to be a difficult side. I think they have they've been paying players, so it's a bit unique in that Oof. week. Uh, that they, they from speaking to Rebecca earlier, apparently Garth are very confident about winning the league, although they lost one 0 the other day and the highlights don't don't say that to me to be honest. But um yeah, it as I've said it's 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 tough for Paul with back to a full strength side for the weekend and you know this this player is missing out and starting places even at the weekend just there uh, just past that you know you wouldn't expect so it's it's difficult i expect to see them go back to their more uh kind of familiar approaches so against Stani, they played a 442 hmm. which they don't usually do but i think cole realized what the game was going to be like and i think you know i think he realized that that would kind of be needed that Of two up top to try and keep the ball in and get the ball up the park, but I can see against our more kind of football inside sorry, Steady, and Gart Cairn, I can see them going back to probably playing 3 5 2 that's kind of served them so well for quite a while now, last season as well. um, With the the three that they usually put at the back, they're so solid.
1: Just a quick question on what you said about the field turf. Obviously, you've Said that Gart Cairn are, you know, they've got aspirations of winning the league as well as Livingston. So, will the fact that we're playing in the stadium this week benefit Gart Cairn as well as Livingston? Do you think that they'll sort of maybe have a bit of a, oh fuck, this surface is actually really good. We can actually, you know, play a bit more of our game?
4: Possibly, but I, from what I've seen of them, I don't, I don't think so um I, i've not seen in all the games that i've been to uh you know the, the curtailed championship season before and kind of the seasons with blackburn as well i didn't see a better football inside than um than livingston and blackburn the way that they moved the ball around uh is it, it was levels above at times anyone no one can touch them the only, the only times that I've, sides that i've seen come close are some of the championship sides uh sorry the uh Premier League two sides above them, um, and they play them preseason friendlies and stuff. But uh, a lot of them kind of rely on very old-fashioned tactics. From what I've seen, anyway, I'm sure there are some decent footballing sides around, but they kind of tend to lump it in behind, get runners in, whereas Lovey try to kind of play it through the lines and, and build up their play. So I think it will be an advantage to Livingston. Obviously, they they play their best football in there. Um, they they don't like losing there. Uh, in competitive games at least so yeah, it'll be interesting to see another another thing to note just before we go is um, the under-19s performance league side uh, played Hearts on the field turf on Sunday I saw about half an hour of it um, they they looked really good I think Hearts are kind of like the cream of the crop in that league mm-hmm. um, it's a really tough league for the, the under-19s um, kind of being around kind of the elite youth teams in scotland but keeping them to two goals what from what i saw when they were very hard to break down and it took the opener was an absolute wonder strike for this the heart center half so you know i think good stuff to come from the under 19s as well and hopefully see some of those players progress into the first team uh, over the next few years because yep. that's what we want right
1: well, my fellow felines, that is your lot. We're done. Why not jump over to our social media? Twitter and Instagram are at Pod, Facebook and YouTube, just search for the Amundview Podcast. And make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts from to keep up to date with new episodes. And while you're there, check out old episodes. Because we've got interviews with folk like David Bingham, David Fernandez, Sean Byrne, Roddy McKenzie, all the stars. Thanks very much for listening. Forza Livy, hope to see you next week.